He said, so everybody just, just pray. Just start praying. This dude right here, cool Kevin, he starts walking around. He said, Che, can you, can you help me? He starts walking around, laying hands on the people around us in the park. The gifts were activated that day. People spoke in tongues that had never spoken tongues before. Healing took place that day because of his obedience. Welcome to a Christian podcast, the podcast where we have Christ-centered conversations. I'm your host, Kevin Wilson. And so I get the opportunity to introduce someone that's so near and dear to, to my heart. Can we clap it up for Kevin Wilson? <laughs> so Kevin Wilson is a founder of a Christian podcast and the Lord has used him so mightily um, he does park, park, podcasts in the park. He's been doing it um, how, for how long now? Since April. And I remember when we first talked about it, it was like, just do it. And he went out there to cardboard and just was like, I'm going to see what God is going to do. And it has evolved tremendously um, where people have been healed, people have been delivered, and people have just, in a unchurch way, right? Like we are so comfortable in here, but the whole reason why we come in here is so we can go out there. When you really grasp that, you won't get too comfortable in here because there are other people who need to be in the room. But because again, we're not in the park, Kevin, he goes out to the park and he's just been fired up and charged up um, about meeting people who will never come in here. And so I'm so godly proud of him. Um, his podcast has reached several countries. So Kevin, he like, he be chilling and stuff, but Kevin is a powerhouse. Um, the way that God uses him and his uniqueness, um, everything is smooth. He don't really get razzled too much. I'd be like, son, he'd be like, uh, you know, he just, he just, but I honor him because he definitely has been a crutch when I've needed him at times. And so I appreciate him. So I won't continue to go on, but can we clap it up for Kevin? I love you so much. I go hard for this one. Y'all mess with me, I go hard for this one. But so we're gonna do live podcasts. And so just again, be open. I'm sure all these powerful people here will have something for you. So just keep eating, keep drinking, and um, I will get out of the way so that we can, they can do their thing. Amen? Amen. question is, who are you? Let's see what the Father says. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of dark into his marvelous light. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. You are the salt of the earth. 
you are the light of the world. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Join us in this conversation as we tackle the question, who are you? What's up, y'all? How y'all doing today? Y'all feeling good? Y'all with me? Everybody good? All right, so um, I don't got to introduce myself after that introduction. So I'll allow everybody up here to introduce um, themselves. You can just say your name, where you're from, and describe who you are or who are you in one word. Hello. Hello, everybody. My name is Tiffany Jones. I am born and raised um, from Charlotte, North Carolina, but I currently live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And one word, oh my gosh, not one word, maybe three, but I would just say I'm a child of God. Amen. So I am Che Cole. I am from Troy, North Carolina, but I currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, one word to describe me, I would say servant. My name is Brian Dooley. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, the KO Church. Okay, we're here. Um, and I would say beloved. everybody doing uh my name is asa clark i am from durham north carolina we got shout out to the city man uh uh one word one word um i'm a son i'm a son that's good that's good so uh before we get into it, i just want to start out by saying that um not to don't overlook the power of a conversation um some of the most transformative moments in my life haven't happened on a Sunday or haven't happened from watching a sermon or yeah. but they've happened through having conversations with my friends conversations with my peers conversations with people I'm around and so um, God can deliver you God can speak to you God can do whatever he wants to do even through a conversation so just keep that in mind and so the the, the question is who are you right we're talking about identity and so I think it's a identity is such an important thing because we don't always acknowledge it but everything that we do flows from identity, yep. right? If you want scripture, Proverbs 4, 23, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. And so if you look at that word in the Hebrew heart, it's, it's the inner man, it's the soul, um, Elder Paula, that it's the, it's the who you are. And so guard, in other words, guard who you are above all else um, because everything that you do flows from it. And so whether or not we're we acknowledge it, whether it's um, conscious, subconscious, it still plays a part. And so we just want to tackle um, some things. And, and, and I, this morning, Asa said, um, the Lord is doing open heart surgery. 
And so I think even through this conversation that he's going to do some things and reveal some things in people's hearts um, and their identity. And, and I, I'm just excited to see what he does. So first thing, we're just going to flow. I got some questions, but if you've been to the park, anybody been to the park ever? Yes, hey, if you've been to the park, especially recently, you know, I come with a plan, but whatever God wants to do, he does. And so we're just going to have fun. So Satan his plan is to destroy our identity, right? First um, Peter 5, 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour, right? And so um, for him, a lot of the people he can devour is us as children, right? So when we're children, when we're young, um, it's easy to, you can destroy the identity then, and now you don't have to do this work because they're walking out of their identity of wounds and, um, just damaged and just brokenness from a young age and so what um what's a moment or, or a time that you can identify as a child or some growing up that you're like my identity was was wounded there my identity was destroyed in some way like the devil came from my identity at a young age that you can kind of think back anybody want to jump in i'll start um one of the things probably when I was in, well, this was before, when I went to school, there was K through three, four through six, seven through nine, and then went to West Charlotte. So this was probably in the four through six period of time. But I remember there were a, a group of guys and just people um, that were in my circle. And just being me, I, I can never forget the words that you think you're all that. Mm. It was just so that, I mean, I don't know what I was doing, but anyway, it just you think you're all that. And so... I feel like I've operated from what what was I eight or nine or and then throughout the rest of my life kind of guarding that area as far as I didn't want anybody to think I was all that now somebody may say well okay that's good and that's humble but what it does is it does not allow you to really stand in the confidence of who you are because you're always trying to be not all of that and try not to really walk into your purpose and so I know that was just one of the things that I can just remember somebody saying you think you're all that but again it didn't allow me to be all that you know here I am trying to diminish who I am or kind of dumb myself down that it took another process to really stand in the fullness of God and then who I am because I feel like there's a duality you know uh, we're gonna talk about a lot of things but we know who we are in God but then you just you got to know yourself too there's some things you know apart that God gives us our identity but I would just say that was mine you think that you think you're all that from just a group of people you know? that's great can anybody put a hand up if you've ever diminished yourself because you didn't you didn't want people to feel like you were all that yeah. yeah that's a lot of us and so that's a it's a tactic of the enemy especially when you're young to say ah you think you're all that because at that point it's like let me hold back what I have let me hold back the gifts that God placed inside of me and so I think that acknowledge, being able to acknowledge that even as an adult is super uh, important because now we can say okay this is who I am. This is this is my identity in Christ. Let me move forward um, in that. And, and I just got to say this too, you know, and this is to all the parents because as you know, I have three children, but everybody's going to have a story, okay? Yeah. In the best of your parenting books and the things that you try to learn or not do from your own parents, yeah, your kids may still have something and say, oh, you know, mama or daddy weren't there in this area or feel like there was something else you get. So, you know, it's... I don't want parents to be hard on yourself, but just realize even, you know, you, 
you're going to have to walk this thing out. There is a process. There's no perfectionism. So everybody will probably end up having something as a part of their identity that you're going to have to work on. You know what I'm saying? So even the parents, I think you're trying to do the best, right? Because sometimes we can say from there, it may not be your parents or it could be just something. It could be somebody in your family. Or for me, it was something in school. But along this journey, you know, I don't think it'll ever be like, is there a person where it was, they had everything together and they just walk through life just like everything's perfect and everything's grand. It's just not the story. And I don't think God works all the way like that sometimes, you know, they're going to be them, you know, in life, kids, whatever the mountains look like to them or the valleys, life is just a lot of twists and turns and valleys and all that kind of stuff. So I just feel like, you know, just for parents, um, or just as you're going, you do the best that you can, but, um, <laughs> your kids, you know, it's just, they're going to have a story to say that might be mama did this, maybe mama did that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. As you said that, it made me think of a, a, a different question. Um, thinking about, you know, just being children and, and young identity, right? Um, Pastor T, you know, pointed out that even from a young age, we are often identified by what we do, right? What we, what we are good at, what we're not good at. That's how we get our identity. And so, um, Pastor Brian, you, like you said, beloved, that was the word that you used to describe yourself. And that's a big area um, that God is using you in to, to share the message of be love, not do love. And so uh, I just wanted you to share a little bit about what that means to, to not put your identity in the things that you do. Yeah, that's great. Um, so Matthew three seventeen. Jesus, the Father, we all know, right? So yeah. Jesus is being baptized in water. The Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove, and God the Father speaks. And he says, this is my beloved son yeah. in whom I'm well pleased. But the question is, what had Jesus done up until that point? He had done no miracle. Mm -hmm. He had not operated in ministry. Mm -hmm. He did not do what he was called to do yet. And so Jesus called him the beloved, the beloved, before he ever did anything. And so many of us live from the do loved rather than be loved. And the scripture says Jesus prayed in his last prayer before he went to the Father. And he prays for us in John 17 that we would know that God the Father loves us just like he loved Jesus. So if Jesus is the beloved son, then that makes Pastor Tiffany and Ch it makes you the beloved of God. And you have actually been accepted into the beloved. So I am the beloved. So when I wake up in the morning and I'm not the best dad and I wound my daughter this morning because she looks sideways at me as I'm trying to help you get a snack for practice. And I went to sleep at two. Listen, because wounded That's people real. wound people. That's real. And your flesh is real. There is no such thing as an unwounded person. Because if you live on the earth, you are living on an earth with a curse. And so, real, real quick, Kev, just to, to further that, as the beloved, you, it means that my, my wounding story, to, to, I was going to share the, the drama when my father cheated for all these years of my mother and all this stuff. But I thought today, so many of us listen to this phrase. You minimize your wound. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And just because it's less dramatic, doesn't make it any less traumatic. So, good. so maybe you weren't sexually abused. Maybe you weren't physically abused. Maybe you had great parents. But that doesn't mean that the enemy didn't use a moment. And so for me, Kev, here's how this connects, and then I'm going to toss it, is 
one of my wounding moments, of course, I could talk about my father and cheating and all this stuff and using his deacon money to, and all of this. I could talk about that. But the Holy Spirit brought this moment back to my remembrance. I finished third in my class because I got an A minus in keyboarding. I would have been the valedictorian of my high school, but keyboarding. So I hate typing. I don't even like computers. I, and when I walked in, my father had my report card. My dad has never said anything at this time about anything in my education. They never helped me with homework. They never, it was just cool. You did it, whatever. What's this A minus? Yo, like you never said anything else about the 4.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scholar, athlete, two sports, work a job. You never said nothing about that. And so the message was, because here's what we're also saying, your wounds come with words. So the message was, it's never enough. So for me, I've had to fight to live as the beloved because it's never enough no matter what I do. Where do we go after that? (laughs) Let's see, anybody wanna jump in? If I can say one thing, I think to even that point about Matthew 3, I think the, the biggest thing is Jesus, God taught Jesus to do things from affirmation and not for affirmation. Come on, come on. And I think that some of the biggest things that I've seen, I'm a youth pastor, and some of the biggest things that I've seen in teens and young people is that they fight for affirmation. They fight to feel approved. They fight to feel as though they're enough. And their entire identity becomes fractured because if the one person or if the type of person did not give them the approval that they were looking for, then they always feel as though they are a failure. So I think that even you bringing up that Matthew 3 from the beginning he was always the son that uh, God was pleased with and we have to uh, take on that same identity and understand we are the sons and daughters that God is already pleased with regardless of how it happens regardless I think maybe the psalmist said it today we are the most loved that we can ever be by God he's not going to love us more because of how we act at BU he's not going to love us less we are always going to be loved so I think it has to be from affirmation and not fighting for affirmation that's real good. So, uh, Pastor Donita, I, I was asking you before, what, what is your heart in ministry? You, you said deliverance, right? Mm-hmm. Getting people free. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? I imagine when if you when you operate heavy in deliverance, you you're on the back end of all of that trauma of th- these wounds and these things and these things that have allowed demonic spirits to enter people. And so, what does that? I just feel like you should share about your experience on that side of it. Um, so when I started in ministry, um, which was, I guess I started in 19, I mean, yeah, I started in 1991. Okay. I was licensed and ordained then. However, you know, time and different things, you you know, but I've, I've stayed committed to God. I've always been committed to him. And one of the things that I always desired and I found myself always coming back to was the fact that I wanted to see people set free. Whenever you've been bound yourself, then you know the power of freedom. You know the power of deliverance. And so that was something that God always brought me back to, whether I was preaching or teaching. And uh, I would always come back to the end and it would always be deliverance, helping someone be set free, oppression and depression and some of the things that people dealt with emotionally and on the inside and you know it's just like people say all the time well you never know 
healing if you've never been sick. Uh -huh. yeah. So one That's thing right. that I, it, it just stuck with me all the time was, you know, she needs free. He needs free. They need freedom in their life. And so God began to use me as, like I said, I feel like I'm, I've been like a disciple down through the time. And uh, I've not only dis uh, been discipled, but I help others to be discipled. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I look and I see people in bondage, my heart cries out. My, 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 my spirit man cries out. My heart cries out because I want to see people set free. So in order to do that, you have to have been been somewhere. Yeah, yes. So there was a time in my life when I was depressed and oppressed. But it took the power of God yeah, yeah. to break that off of my life. And then once that was broken off my life, I was in turn ready to help somebody get free. Run, get some of this because God does set you free. So that was kind of along the lines that I, you know, kind of operated in. Amen. In amen. Yeah, it reminds me of the compassion of Jesus. Like when we really feel compassionate, you know, we feel compassion towards people, it moves us to to want to help them get free. It moves us to want to do really what we've been called to do in Mark 16, 17, heal the sick, cast out demons. Yes. That's not just so we can be cool and look like we hired up. It's, right. This is what we this is what we're called to do. Yeah. It's people that are in bondage, it's people that are um, sick and, and, and they're, they're not well in their body and so when you have compassion it said Jesus had compassion on them he looked at the crowd after doing all of this ministry and it and said he looked at them with compassion and it's that compassion that says I'm tired we've been here all night but there's still people that need to be free um, it's that compassion that says I'm at the store doing my grocery shopping but this lady needs to be prayed she needs I feel in my spirit that she needs prayer let me ask her hey, can I pray for you um, this person is I can physically see that they're sick in body and so hey do you mind if I pray with you and, and lay hands and, and and believe that the word says that that he forgives our sins and heals all of our diseases um, that we have the ability to lay hands on the sick and they will recover um, and so it's that compassion um, that really draws us to do the ministry that we're called to do um, so let's talk about confidence right because a part of our identity is confidence or lack of right and i believe lack of confidence can cause us to uh not be ourselves it can, it can cause us to be um outside of the will of god outside of his design for us and so um Chay, man since i've known you you've had just a confidence about yourself that's like you can tell when somebody's fake confident and they they're doing a lot to try to but when you this is a settledness that certain people have when you're, you're actually confident and so just talk about where that comes from. How did you how did you get to that place of just being settled? Intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. I'm naturally an introvert. So my uh, default setting, if you will, would just be to be chill like Kevin or, or just stand back. But spending that time with God, there's also a, a press or a push that's inside spending time with God. And when he has called you to do something, it just awakens inside of you. So once you start to operate in that gift, once you start truly understanding who did God say that I am, who did he call me to be, right? He doesn't care about my preference. He cares about the purpose that he planned for me. So understanding that, it's not about my comfort because I'm comfortable sitting in the seats. I'm comfortable sitting behind the scenes. But when he calls you to a place, yeah. When he calls you to a place, yeah. that confidence just naturally comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
See, Che, Che, man, Che would sit there in the quiet, chill, and then when he starts speaking, everybody be like, where did he come from? But to, to even add on to that point, right, it took me, like I said, intimacy, because in school, whatever, I would just sit by, and I was just that kid that was like, uh, don't call my name, but if you call on me, I'm going to give you what, you what you asked for, right? I got the answer. I got the solution. But I would just sit back. And then God was like, no, I'm, I'm calling you to, to be an answer. So for some people in the room, you may be wondering, you know, or there's something that you're wrestling with. There's something that, you know, you have, uh, God is pushing you to say something. There's a gap that you notice. Perhaps God is calling you to be a gap filler. Come on to be the answer, to be the solution. That's why you can't sleep at night. That's why it, it just bothers you every That's time good. because you're supposed to be the answer to that problem. That's good. Bro, when you just said that, it reminded me that what God has placed inside of you is not for you. It's for the world. And so a lot of us are, are hoarders, if you will, of his glory. And we take what he put inside of us and we're like, ah, I'm good. I'm comfortable. I'm just chilling. Like, yeah, I know I should probably pray for this person, but I might look crazy. And so what we really do is we allow uh, arrogance, because if you really think about it, it's arrogance to say that I'm not going to pray for somebody because I'm worried about how they would think, how they, how they think they might perceive me. Uh, but it, this is what God called you to do. Like God in his plan, we don't, he's sovereign. We don't know. The plans of the Lord, right? His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And so he might have literally designed you to pray for that one person. Right. And so you, in your uh, arrogance and even in your timidity, um, you say, this is not what I want to do. But at the end of the day, our life is really not our own. And I think sometimes, for me at least, that was what I had to come to to, to actually walk in the, in the power that God called me to is realize this life is not my own. I don't get to choose what I want to do. I don't get to choose that that I get to go. I have to go to the park this day. I literally pray and say, God, when do you want me to go to the park? I'll go this day. When do you, you don't want me to go that day? I'm not gonna go to that day. Whatever He wants to do through me, that's what I do. And so I think when we get to that posture of just uh, surrender and saying, whatever you want to do, you can do it through me. Like we we say, we sing, you know, make me a vessel, make me a vessel. But it's like, let's, let's really let God use us in the fullness of the way that he called us to do it. I want to say something else, too. With um, and This is a real story with the confidence. And we know that there's a God factor. But one of the things I've learned is there, with, with your confidence, preparation and practice helps do that. This is a real story. Before, like right now, I don't know, I guess I like this space. But yesterday in leading worship, I've, le I was, I've told several people this. I've led worship at my church for several years. I don't do that e anymore every Sunday, right? And so this is a different space, a different atmosphere. And so guess what? I got, <laughs> I was laughing at myself. I went and got like this vocal coach. I was like, okay, I got I to gotta get my chops up. I hadn't been doing this in a while. And then it's just like new musicians. I'm subject to, you know, the vision of what Tia has. But I was really in my head just like, okay, I'm not as confident enough. I had to walk through myself. I practiced these songs, a song that was new. I did not know it. So, 
you know you gotta prepare and practice and do that's how God will stand up the confidence if it's an area that you're not sure it's okay to do that I think right. sometimes we think yes God is gonna come and he gives you that the supernatural but you know know what you're doing know your stuff go get the the education and the things that so that you can God and be excellent in the craft then when the two came together because I had my practice then I started saying Tiffany you got this right. you're confident you hear from God you know what he's called you to do he sings through you so when the when the mastery when I did my practice and preparation plus what God is I said okay I got it we gonna see what the good Lord does but we cannot negate the practice I'm pra Pastor Tia the preachers all the people you may admire they practice they get up and do those things and I think that is so so important that sometimes and one thing I've learned a lot of times I put so I put so much on God but God is like Tiffany you better get down in the dirt and do your part and then I'm going to do what I need to do but please in this confidence remember to do your preparation and practice and do what God has called you to okay? we got to be excellent in all things that we do amen um, can I add to that? And I think we have to be able to practice when the lights are on. I think that that's something that's very key that I've learned in ministry is being able to, when you have moments where you're preaching, where you're singing, where you're doing anything, you have to be able to do it when nobody is watching. Because a lot of times we think our practice moments are when we're on the stage, when we have the mic, when we have these things. Those aren't the moments that count. Are you able to exhort to people when nobody is in the sanctuary? Are you able to pray when nobody is there? Are you able to work through conversations when nobody is there? Because those are the moments that matter most. You can't create it. The lights are too hot for you to try to do it here. And I think that the problem That's becomes good. we start seeing other people in the lights and we say, okay, maybe it's just because God likes them more or God wants something. No, oftentimes there's not only a price to pay, but the, the amount of time that you go through. I heard somebody say recently that you should spend an hour in your word for every moment that you, uh, for every minute you plan on preaching. I heard somebody say that and I was like, man, that's a long time. I'm going to start preaching a little bit shorter. But uh, but nonetheless, I said, literally, you got to be able to put in the time. So I think to add on to Tiffany's point, it has to be when the lights are on. If I can, Kev, that's so good, Asa. And as a young minister, it's so good to hear you say that uh, because everybody wants to be under these lights, but it's hot under these lights. Yeah. And they don't understand the attack that comes with it. That's right. And so be careful what you ask God for. Yeah. But I think one of the things that Asa said, and even Pastor Tiffany, if anybody was here last night, nobody in this room would have been like, wow, she had a confidence struggle to get on this stage. Because the anointing makes it look easy. That's so good. But here's the thing. What the enemy does is he makes you think if you have a confidence crisis. Yeah or crises that you're, you don't have it. Because if you had it, you wouldn't wrestle. I'll never forget, I was, I was a, young, a young pastor and I went to a, a Bishop Jake's way back in the day was doing these young pastors things for pastors under 30. And Bishop Jake's walked in and he said, it is still normal for me to walk on stage and one side of my, one side of my, on my shoulder is like, you can do this. You're, God has called you. And the other side is like, no one wants to hear what you have to say. You just still that preacher that nobody would come to in West Virginia. And when Bishop Jake said, Bishop Jake's can preach better in his sleep than I can fasting and praying. Yeah. He can. Yeah. But if Bishop Jake still wrestles, yeah, that's so good. that doesn't disqualify you. What I'm saying is you're free to be you because it's free. You're free to struggle. Yeah. That's so good. And I think the other thing is that when we do walk in our confidence, we do walk in our gifts and our anointing, 
it also helps other people. Mm-hmm. So the story, uh, I, and I never told him this, but last year, this time at BU um, 2021, I I was just in a place where I'm like, I'm just not as confident, right? Especially when it comes to, to just worship and, you know, just being out there. I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm this guy at church. Like, yeah, you know, let me, let me put a little hand up, right? Um, but man, even just seeing the confidence that Asa had and just worship, if you ever seen him worship, he just be wild. Like he just does whatever he wants to do. Um, but, and while that, to him, he's just like, I'm just worshiping the Lord. That encouraged me. It encouraged me to step up and say, man, like there's another level. And so you just being you, he's, he's not aware that I'm, you know, that I saw him and that I, that I, uh, even gleaned from that, but he didn't have to know that it's just him walking in his purpose It's him walking in the fullness of who God called him to be. And so sometimes we can get discouraged because we don't see the fruit of, of, of us walking in our purpose. But at the end of the day, we're not called to, to see all of the fruit. We're just called to plant the seeds. We're called to be who God called us to be. Can I add to that, Kevin, because even you just in that moment, reflecting on BU 2021, to see Asa on stage with you, I have to be obedient as well to say podcasting apart, coming out there with you. That's when I first, I met you at Nikeo. I came out there to support you, but to see you operate in your gifts, in the gifts that you have been called to do. To see, y'all don't understand. So if you haven't tuned in to a Christian podcast, podcasting apart, you gotta tune in because this dude right here, when I tell you we are in the park, right? And some of you, we're there, this moment I'm about to talk about. He already know what I'm about to talk about. We're, we're, he just recorded a podcast, right? The normal routine of what he does when he goes out there. And then he just stops. He says, I feel like we need to worship. So he's got the speaker out there, and we just start worshiping. And then about five minutes later, he says, uh, I feel led to pray. He says, so everybody just, just pray. Just start praying. This dude right here, cool Kevin. He starts walking around. He said, Che, can you, can you help me? He starts rock, walking around, laying hands on the people around us in the park. The gifts were activated that day. People spoke in tongues that had never spoken tongues before. Healing took place that day because of his obedience. Glory to God. I appreciate you, Che, for real. Um, and just, yeah, just like... It's so important that we that we don't forsake the God moments. That we don't wow, uh, that we're not moving too fast. Cause Che wouldn't tell you this part, but uh, he had somewhere to go that day, and I was like, "You good, bro? Like, you know, you just, I know you got to go. Just, just slide." And he was like, "Nah, like God is here, right? At Freedom Park, he's like, God is here. He's like, I'm good. Like, we, we locked in." And so even in that, like, we're, sometimes we're rushing so much, we're moving so fast, our life is too fast, and so we don't have time to wait. Uh, we don't have time to actually experience God in those moments because we're like, ah, I, I got to go. I got a person's at the store, but I, I got to get my stuff and go. I got a gas station attendant is there, but I know they probably need prayer, but I got to go. And so um, one thing that I think that we can all do, especially me, is, is include time in our lives to actually minister. Um, so instead of just saying, ah, if I see somebody while I'm shopping, let me just actually say, let me go to the store for 30 minutes today and just pray for people and just see like, Hey, do you need prayer for anything? You, you don't need a t-shirt that says, can I pray for you to ask somebody if they need prayer? Um, but yeah, yeah. Pastor, did you have something to share? No, I'm 
No, I was just gonna say, Kev. I think you shared you shared so much, and I am so proud of you. And I, I didn't want to take your journey back, but I think we look at Kevin now and we see how he operates in the power of God, and we don't realize that he was the young man in the shadows nine months ago. And a few months ago at our church, we just had just one of those Nikhil days where the Lord just fell and we just scrapped the program. And all of a sudden we had men marching and worshiping around the church. And afterwards I was like, yo, who started the, the, who started the man praise party? And they were like, Kev. And I was like, from the shadows to leading other men in worship. But here's my point, Kev. I think the enemy keeps us so wrapped up in that struggle of if we're good enough yeah. that we can't hear from the spirit yeah. because your soul is the filter for your spirit. And so if you're so busy fighting the voices, you can't hear the voice of God for others. And one of the things that you mentioned is you said it's really arrogance, but we insecure people would not say they deal with the spirit of pride. Yeah. But the reality is we are operating out of the spirit of pride because yeah, pride yeah. makes it about you. So if this moment is about me and what people think, good, then bro. I'm not actually yeah. I'm actually operating in pride, even though I'm in insecurity. Insecurity is the flip of arrogance, but it's still pride. And so you are an example as a son that just is settled because you're not thinking about you. You're thinking about, Lord, what can I do today for somebody else? And one of the things that we teach, right, is to live on behalf of others. So good. Amen. Amen. And, and you said something about... Um, not being good enough right and i have some scriptures but the reality of it is we're not good enough to do a lot of the things we're called to do i'm not good enough to heal anybody i'm not good enough to cast a demon out if i try to cast a demon out in kevin's name it's not going anywhere right um but you know all throughout the scripture and pastor pointed this out is that god doesn't affirm you he affirms his presence with you and so you see Isaiah 41 10 so do not fear for I am with you do not be dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you you go down to Exodus chapter 3 but Moses said to God who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt and God said I will be with you now he didn't say you're good enough he just said I'll be with you same thing Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so sometimes we have this feeling of like, man, I'm not good enough. And then to Jordan's point, we, we have imposter syndrome, right? But the thing is, you're not good enough. I'm not good enough to do the stuff that God has called me to do. And so to Chase's point, intimacy with God is required because otherwise I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm just, I'm so jacked up. Like there's no way I could do what God called me to do in my own strength. And so... I just wanted to remind us that even in those times that you feel like, man, this is the weight is too much. That, that means you're probably a little bit too far from God, because if he's called you to something, he's equipped you with his presence and his presence is all we need. So, Anybody have anything to share before I move to the next point? Cool. So part of our identity is um, we talked about like what we do. Right. We talked about, um, you know, what we do. Right. And so a lot of people struggle with figuring out what am I called to do or who am I called to be. And so, you know, Pastor T, it's also all the time about gleaning from people, learning from people, looking at people and having mentors and ups, you know, people that are um, just doing what you feel called to do. 
but in that what can happen a lot of times is you start to copy them right you start to be so much like them that you lose the uniqueness that God placed in you and so let's just talk a little bit about that like where how do we juggle that balance of me being under Pastor Brian and saying this is my pastor these are the things that I can learn from him I can I can I can uh, get the get the oil from being under him right but how do I not become Pastor Brian Jr. or the, the, the third <laughs> uh, so, so let's talk you know let's 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 talk about how to how do you juggle that that, that fine line um, one of the things that I've learned down through the years I guess would be stay in your lane you know, you have to stay in your lane. When you get over into someone else's lane, things happen, you know. And uh, uh, what will happen sometimes if you're in someone else's lane, I don't know. You may trip. They may fall. You may lose the race, even though you are ahead. So you've got to stay in your lane and try to maintain the things that you hear from God. Because so many times we'll see everybody doing one thing. And when you see everybody doing one thing, there's a problem with that. Y'all, there's a problem with it because God doesn't give everybody the same thing. And when you try to get into that lane and try to do something that somebody else is doing that you never heard God say, then you're going to fall. You're going to not be secure in what you're doing. Because the only way to be secure in what you're doing is to know that God told you. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way that you can hold confidence in what God told you to do is that you're sure that what you're doing is what God told you. You know, a lot of times I, I, I used to hear people say, well, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what God's called me to do. I don't know. As long as you're not doing or being some something or someone that somebody else has told you to be. Yeah, you got to stay in your lane and you got to hear from God and you got to do that. The, the number one way to know what you're called to do is when you can't shake it. Yep. You just cannot shake it. It's sort of like a monkey on your back. And everywhere you go, you can't shake it. Now, I'm going to tell you what will happen is the enemy will allow you sometimes, the enemy would keep you off course so you can't get on course and continue in the things of God but I'm going to tell you even God will allow you <laughs> to go somewhere or do some things that he never told you to do but the power of God will always bring you back to your purpose to your plan and the provision that he has for you so if you can't shake it and another thing once you do it or once you operate in it, you feel the peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding no, that no one else can grab hold of. Yes, but you're in your lane and you say, God, I can't. Y'all ever been there in the midnight hour and you'll think, I just really haven't had a good day and I'm, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm effective or I'm not doing the things that I need to do. And the Spirit of the Lord will whisper to you and say, do what I told you. Spirit of the Lord will say, I'm waiting on you. The Spirit of the Lord, you know what you're supposed to do. And then you'll feel the peace of God. Because now he's told you where you're off, but he's reminding you of where you should be. And I want to speak to um, 
those who may be uh, baby Christians or just you know still trying to figure it out with God. I remember when I was on the, oh God, what am I called to do in purpose? It, it can be so overwhelming at times. But what he simply told me was, let's just love God yeah. with my whole heart, my whole heart, my whole strength and my whole mind, everything that I have. Can I pray? Can I, can I study God's word? Can I fast? Can I just do the, the basic things, which are, is a true foundation? Because without all of that, when you get into whatever levels God's going to take you, it's going to be hard for you if you don't have a life that's consecrated in prayer and all these things. But until you, it's, it goes from levels to levels, y'all. Like, I, I um, am a teacher at heart, right? I used to teach in the school system. But then I can teach the word of God. So sometimes it's just God is, has a way of just kind of navigating different times and different seasons and what you're doing. So it can just, it can be, oh God, it can be really, like I said, overwhelming. But again, love God with all your heart, with all your might, all your soul. You know, stay humble before him and make sure that you clearly, you know, you're trying to hear and seek his face and he'll order your steps. Just keep and just keep moving. But I know that that is an area for Christ, a lot of us in Christian our walk. You just kind of get stead, um, to stand still because I know I have because I'm just so like, what is it? I want and I want to have that perfect thing with that perfect plan, you know, with those perfect steps and blah blah. Then I'm gonna do, you know, what God has called us to do. But I'm like, okay, he's, it's just I've been walking it out. And he's like, okay, I'm this is a little bit, and especially for those who are maybe multi gifted in certain areas. Oh my gosh. I'm like, Lord, help me, please. You know, you teach, you sing, you, da -da -da, you rap, you tap. You know, what am I going to, what, what is it really, God, that you want me to walk in? But um, but it's just, but love him. He'll order your steps. You know, he, he will guide you. I, I believe that. And um, his his purpose will be revealed in the time, in the time that it needs to be revealed. Um, to add to that, I think one of the issues um, that I've seen with church is that we've made it seem as though if the gift isn't preaching, singing, or something on the stage, that people start thinking that it can no longer be used. And I think that it makes a lot of people believe that now whatever God has gifted them with is not effective because it's not a what I call a platform or stage gift. So we start thinking that now we can't be used. I think one of the things we have to remember with identity is whatever God has created you to do, just do that and love people well. You can let like my barber, he is an elder. He serves at his church faithfully. He has not ever preached a sermon that I've heard in like the eight, nine years that he's been my barber. I've never heard of him preaching. But what I've learned is, man, the talks that he gives me when he's cutting my hair. The times he talk, he always says, hey, this is my sanctuary. This is this is my pulpit. This is what I do. He's doing and a he great job. he serves crazy. And all he does is just do what he's gifted to do. So if you are an artist, then be an artist and do it well, serve well, and be able to bless and connect with the people of God. You don't have to have a mic in order to use your gift. You don't have to have a mic. So whatever it is, whatever your career path is, find ways to be able to use your gift, what God has blessed you with in order to be able to bless those. Because if you really, the spirit is not limited to the stage. So that means that if the spirit is really, and you're really working through God and God is working through you, regardless, God can deliver anybody. Deliverance doesn't have to be on an altar. Deliverance can be in the park. Deliverance can be in a barber shop. So just don't think that it has to be one of these gifts. And I think that that's one of the, the prayers I have for this generation and for the church is that we stop thinking if we're not seeing that we can't serve and that we're not worth anything can we give it up for the hospitality committee yes. the kitchen committee yes. hallelujah aren't they a blessing yes, yes. I, I thank god for the hospitality and kitchen cooking yes I do. Yeah. 
Hey, turn us up. Turn us up. Oh, man. Real quick, I think, Asa, one of the things I teach, and I think you're saying it, is purpose is a posture, not a position. Yeah. That's it. That's it. it, it yeah. Purpose That's it. is a posture that I hold. Because, listen, if my identity is attached to my position, the moment I take my position, I lose my purpose. And That's it. You want to be you want to be careful, but real quick to your original question, um, Minister Kevin was how do we we not be like other people? I I, I think that we have to as the, the the upcoming generation we have to have enough humility to try on Saul's armor, but enough courage to walk in our own. Man, that's yeah. and, and, and so I, last yeah. night during the altar call, I yeah. felt so many of you have wow. like this outcast spirit. Wow. wow. Where you feel like somebody has told you you're too much. Yeah. Or then on the other hand, you're not enough. <laughs> and you're like, I can't win. And here's the thing about here's the thing about wounding. Yep. Wow. And I'm gonna mess with your theology just for a second. So so help me, Apostle, you can pull me off the stage. Um, Jesus actually prayed that that the Father in John 17 would give you that he would give us the glory. We always talk about we got robs God's glory. Jesus prayed that the Father would give you the glory that he had given him. Messing with your theology, Pastor Tia can wipe this off the tape. But I'm saying that to say God has placed glory in you. And back to the wounding. The enemy wants to wound you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wants to wound you in the place of God's anointing, giftedness, and the glory he placed inside of you to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the thing the enemy's trying to say, that's the reason you can't be used, is actually. <laughs> If the devil is a liar and the father of all lies, he only when he speaks, he only lies. Then this thing that says you're an outcast and why you can't be used is actually I'm I'm trying to speak to somebody real quick. There's still deliverance in the room. You you actually are what God called you to be. And if you weren't that, then why would the enemy spend your whole life trying to prove to you that you aren't? Yeah, that's so good, man. What y'all want me to say after that? Um, but, but we have a few minutes. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> no, you're not. Excellent. I mean, actually, I preached the same thing. And I got a million scriptures to support that God shares his glory. He won't give it to anything that's not in his image and in his likeness. However, um, I wanted to add to you, there is something about a mentor and a teacher. There's yeah. a scripture that says that um, until the child is mentored and trained mm-hmm. and raised up, that they have to sit up under tutors, although they be heir of everything. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So the, the key is understanding that I need training, and I need development. Mm-hmm. And for a season, you may sound like the yeah, one yeah, yeah. mentoring and tutoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Right? So that's a foundation. If you don't have that, then you can't go into your own. That's it. Okay, I'm going to give you a story, and this, we'll ride through this real quick. Watch this, and I know I wasn't invited to the stage or your podcast. I don't want to mess up your views and likes. Um, <laughs> but watch this. Um, Samuel was being trained by Eli. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And Eli... Uh, and him are asleep one night. Uh-huh. Samuel is where he should be. Eli is where he became comfortable to be. Oh my God. Come on, but come on. Eli was still Samuel's teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Not one time do you see Samuel condemning Eli for not matching up to the standard that he wanted him to be. He was submitted to the position that Eli had. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Right? So here we go. And then the Lord calls Samuel. Mm -hmm. Samuel does what? He gets up and he runs to Eli, Eli. and say, you called me? Come on, man. Right? And then he says, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed, son. Right? Happens again. He runs to Eli. Eli says, hmm. Next time it happens, just say, here am I. Right? What's the point I'm making? Because God comes back and then he says, here am I. What's the point I'm making? God will sound like your teacher. Come on, man. Come on, man. Before he reveals himself to you individually. Wow. So we're going to dismiss here, right? See y'all next year. No, that's great. That's that's profound. Uh, if I if I, not, to, I I refuse to say I will add to that. I'd like to jump around and say a lot of people see Pastor Tia, and they they want what she has. You even see Kevin. Kevin came to work for me as an intern years ago. Pastor Tia, people always look at the freedom she walks in at Nikeo Church, but they do not see that Pastor Tia is the most submitted and the most honoring. You, 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 you can't skip steps in the kingdom. Yeah. That's it. That's and, and, a, and Bishop just gave you 40 years of wisdom in 40 seconds. And I just want to encourage you to not misinterpret the message of BU. Because you, you, you can confuse it. Where you go, I'm going to be you and you're going to leave tomorrow and you're going to go be you and you're unsubmitted. We don't need another, uh, uh, we don't need a rogue set of prophets. Just because you get activated in the prophetic this weekend does not mean that the gift of the prophet is not subject to the prophet and is given for the church. And, and I think that people see her and they see her freedom and you just miss the behind the scenes. That's so good. Um, before we wrap up, yesterday while Pastor T was preaching, um, I just heard that that there are people in, in the room that um, are battling with with uh, condemnation, uh, condemnation, shame, um, and self hatred to the point where you you literally don't even like looking at yourself in the mirror. You don't like you 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 literally are at the point where you hate yourself. Um, and so I don't know who that's for, but I wanted to just pray into that and just pray us out. Um, as we close. And so, Lord, I just thank you, God, for dominion, Lord. We thank you, God, for the fact that your word says there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, God. And so we just break in the spirit, God, any condemnation, God, any shame, any uh, fear, any God, anything that's not like you in us, God, remove it from us, Lord. We pray even right now, God, that we will become more like you each and every day, God. Lord, your words, God, you reminded me this morning, Lord, that my identity is in your blood. 
that that no matter what I do, you died for me, Lord. And so I pray even now, God, that we would be reminded that you died for us. That's our identity. If we ever feel like we don't know who we are or what we're called to do, we're called to be your son. We're called to be your daughter. We're called to be the person that Jesus died for. And so, Lord, I thank you even now, God, that you are restoring identity, Lord. I thank you even now, God, that you're um, restoring the fact that you love your son, you love your daughter, God, that you're reminding them that you're always there with them. You're reminding them that you've never left them. You're reminding them that they're not the mistakes that they made. They're not the sin that they made, Lord. And so I pray that you would just wash them new, God, that you would make them new creatures, Lord, in you, God. And so we just say thank you for the fact that we um, can be free in you, that we can be us, God, that we can be whoever it is that you called us to be, God, and that we don't have to do it timidly, God, for you did not give us a spirit of fear, God, but you gave us a spirit of power, love, and of sound mind, Lord, and so we can do that boldly, God, and so I just pray just for a boldness, Lord, to be us, God, that we would be unashamed, God, that we would be um, even just aggressive about being who you called us to be, Lord, that we would stand boldly on both feet and say, God, this is who you've called me to be. How can I do that today? How can I be me today? How can I be the person that you've called me to be today in the world, Lord? And I pray as we do that, that we would um, take part, God, in bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, Lord. I thank you, God, that we have the ability to bring heaven to earth, God, that we have the ability to bring salvation, that we have the ability to bring people to Christ, that we have the ability to, to set people free, God, with your help, God, with your in your name, Jesus, that people can be set free, that people can be healed, not at church, but wherever we are, God, for the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, Lord. And so I thank you, God, that we, be, we get to be carriers of your precious spirit, Lord. I pray that we wouldn't forget that the Holy Spirit, your spirit, God, lives in us, God. For it is in you that we live and move and have our being, God. And so we thank you for the fact that we get to be your vessels, God, that we get to be molded by the potter, Lord. God, make whatever you want to make out of us, Lord. Make whatever you want to make out of us, God. We surrender our desires. We surrender our will, God. We surrender what's comfortable to you, God. We surrender We surrender it all, Lord. We leave it at your feet, God. I pray that our posture would be with hands lifted, God, saying whatever you want to do, do it in us, God. And so I pray even now that we're walking in that confidence, that that it doesn't take um, it doesn't take this extravagant move, but Lord, we're just gonna start today and say, Lord, I'm free to be me. I'm free to be who you called me to be. And so even just pray that with me. Say, Lord, thank you for creating me. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for instilling your love, for placing your spirit within me whatever you want to do my life is yours in Jesus name amen can we clap it up for Kevin Wilson founder of a Christian podcast